Welcome to this week's episode of On La Nose. I had an episode recorded for this week, and there were, like, serious sound issues. And now, trying to go back to re-record it, it just, it's not going to work because it was all time-based stuff. Like, I was talking about uh, RV stuff that happened at that time, and now, like, I have since moved on. I have even recorded episodes about what happened after. So I'm just going to record and talk about stuff, and it might be a little bit out of order, but, you know, then you're just kind of getting, like, insight into the before of this. I wanted to say thank you for listening. I've gotten, like, feedback from people saying that listening to me helps them feel relaxed and, you know, that they, like, enjoy listening, and that means a lot to me. And I also want to thank my patrons for supporting me and making it possible for me to do stuff. I have not been doing art because of my living situation, and they've all been really understanding and continuing to support me, and I can't wait to get back to doing stuff. I will not be able to do it the way I was before, but I will absolutely be finding workarounds and ways to do it, even if it's finding new types of art that will work for the environments that I'm going to be in. And I just want to say that if you are on social media in any kind of meaningful way, um, if you see my stuff, please engage with it and share. I, you don't have to share it to your feed if you know people that would be interested in my shop or my podcast or my Patreon or my coffee or whatever. Um, you know, you could share it directly with people or you could share it to your feed. But that engagement, the engagement of commenting and sharing, those are the those are the keys to the algorithm. And I mostly get likes. If if even that, a lot of my stuff doesn't even really get seen because I don't get enough engagement for the algorithm to show me to people. And it's really frustrating because I put a lot of work into the content I make, both for my shop and the clown stuff. And then it doesn't like get added into like a reasonable rotation for how many followers I have. And I just, you know, I can't do it alone. I literally need the help of the people who see my stuff. So if you are one of those people, please, please support me. Engage. Because if you don't, then you end up losing access to a creator because at some point I'm just going to give up. I'm already so burnt out like with my shop stuff, like making content and sharing it and stuff only to get like two comments and like six likes. You know, it's, it's, there's not very much like value add. And I'm not asking for people to spend money. I mean, I am asking people to spend money, but I'm asking people who have money to spend money. I know there are a lot of people out there that the only thing that they really can afford is a little bit of time out of their day to interact, do engagement, share and stuff. And that's 
That's really like what I'm asking. I'm asking for help to build a foundation for something so that I can potentially, you know, reach new customers for my shop, potentially reach new listeners for my podcast, etc. I just, I can't do it alone. And I don't know how else to do this except to just ask very directly, you know? Also, I wanted to mention that I've been working on another podcast with my friend Tyler. And the segment that I've been working on with her is called Frightening Fron. And you can find it by searching Two Crows Podcast on YouTube or probably even in Google because she's on RSS. And you probably can find it if you search for Frightening Fron, which is F-R-A-U-E-N. German. Um, and that has been a lot of fun. And the Two Crows podcast has a segment Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And the Frightening Front is the Wednesday segment. The RV stuff has been taking so much longer than I anticipated. It's been months now, months of like coordinating all these details and like figuring stuff out. And I'm still not moved into it. Like, I'm a few weeks away from that. And I'm like one of these people who when I say I'm going to do a thing, I want to do it immediately. You know, I tell a friend, hey, I'm going to do blah, blah, blah. And literally the next day I've already done it. Because like once I've said I want to do it, it's like puts a fire in me and I just got to get it done. And um, having this like whole process takes so long and then like every single thing that I have tried to do has had some kind of setback and complication that has been like really frustrating. And somehow I'm still like rolling with it. You know, I've had a couple of moments where like I wish I could just like break a bunch of stuff, but for the most part, I've just been rolling with it. You know, and I, I started distracting myself by making YouTube videos about the RV process uh, just showing people how little I know and how inept I am at doing things sometimes. Not always, but sometimes. Um, and that like adds a little bit of fun to the frustration for me, which uh, is nice. And you can totally check that out on my YouTube. It's called RV Noob, N-E-W-B. I had recorded about the roof and I think I've talked about it before talked about it like in another episode that's gonna air um but I have to say it's really nice like every time I look at it I'm like damn that's a nice roof <laughs> like you know it's nice to appreciate something I put so much money into and uh know that it's gonna do its job because you know I'm I'm having trust issues I keep having these like, oh, I'm going to die in a fire type thoughts. And um, I wish they would go away. I mean, to take all kinds of precautions, I'm even keeping a fire extinguisher by the bed. Um, but I've never used one, so I need to like learn how to use one properly. Like I know it's, you know, I think you like pull a pin and then you squeeze the thing. and then, But I want to make sure that I know like the steps so that like in a situation I can just do it. I just never intended 
for my podcast to be so personal. And I started podcasting and then my life kind of did this thing. I don't really know what it did. It like hiccuped in a really verpy kind of way. And um, it's been really hard and it's on my mind all the time. It's really hard to not talk about the thing that's on my mind, you know? And I'm dealing with like this housing issue and not feeling super safe where I'm staying because I'm basically not welcome here based on the landlord saying that I'm not welcome here. And my finances are really scary and stressful. And like all I want to do is like rest and take care of my health issues and work on my art and work on my podcast and content creation. And I don't want to worry about money. And like, I know that like, if I was in a position to not worry about money, that would be like incredible privilege in this world. And so I know that what I want isn't realistic, but it would be really nice because I don't need much. Like I'm not, I'm not living on a lot and it would just be nice to get a break from that and be like, I'm doing this because I enjoy it and not to feel hurt because other people don't seem to care, you know? And the thing is, is like other people might care. They're just not showing it in a way that I see as caring because it's not being expressed in a way that feels good to me. So, you know, that's, that's a thing. So I can't even assume that in the absence of an action that would mean something to me that somebody doesn't care or whatever. It just seems like they don't. They're not doing what feels like caring to me. But if I've asked directly and they're still not doing it, then maybe it's fair to say that they don't care. Even if they do other things that show that they care. Because if you can't take the time to say, look, I know you asked me to do this thing, but I'm not going to do it, and here's why. I want to support you, but I can't support you in that way. What else can I do? You know, if they can't say that, then they're not really making the effort. And yeah. But communication's hard. People being that direct about communication is not... You got to hang out with a bunch of autistic people to get that. And, and I mean that seriously. I know some people have like this weird negative association with autistic. And so they hear it and they think that like it's a slur or something. But I, I mean it literally, like literally. Um, so my worm bin died. They were really struggling after uh, a long period of neglect before the worms came to me. Um, I, when I moved out of the place that I'm now staying, cause this, uh, this is where I lived when I was in a relationship before, um, the, the, my plants in the worm bin didn't move with me. I didn't have a way to move them. Um, so they spent a couple of months here and they were neglected. So most of my plants died and the worms were like basically on the verge of death. And I spent the next year trying to bring them back and they just, they just weren't having it. So the worm bin went bye-bye and I, I eventually need to get a new one um, with new worms that I can make and keep super happy 
because I want to use the composting stuff from the composting toilet in that because I think that would be pretty cool because then then it just gets composted and then you add it to your plants and it's all super happy and stuff. It being the worms and the plants. And maybe the poop. I mean, you know, poop could be very happy to be composted because it is part of its life cycle. So, you know, let's say happy poop too. I haven't even gotten to use my composting toilet. That thing cost me a thousand dollars. And I still haven't gotten to like break it in yet. But in the next few weeks, I will finally get a chance. And I'm like really afraid I'm going to hate it, but I will get used to it. The hardest thing for me is going to get used to not having access to a bidet or sprayer um, because it's just not, you can't do that with a composting toilet because the you don't, part of what makes a composting toilet not smell very much is that the pee and the poop get separated from each other um, so that like the poop doesn't get wet. And uh, using water, it would just fill up the container that the pee goes into um, or get into like where the poop is and cause issues. So I, if I need to rinse or whatever, I'm going to have to go to the shower and do it that way, which is like a whole thing. But I got to be honest, like after all these years of using a bidet and a sprayer, I don't, I don't really understand how people walk around smelling themselves because when I don't use those things, there's like a smell and I'm sure like people get used to it. They live with the smell their whole life and they don't really think about it. But because I'm not used to it, you know, like it bothers me sometimes when I notice it and I, I'm like, how do people live with that? Plus my skin is really used to being clean. Um, and, you know, like moving away from that is also like, I'm not super excited about that. So I may just end up having like a really inconvenient like bathroom process. Um, I don't know. There's so many, so many things that are going to change. I'm going to need to unplug everything when I go to bed, including the internet uh, to save power. You know, um, and the batteries I got are not the batteries that I wanted. And there are going to be like episodes after this that are going to be talking about like the power issues and the batteries and what batteries I want to get and stuff like that. And I ended up not getting the batteries I wanted because I just literally could not. There was not enough room on a credit card for them um, because everything has cost so much more than I expected. So originally I had enough space on one of my credit cards for them. And it would not have been ideal to pay it down, but I would have figured it out. Um, but there just wasn't, I didn't have the option. So I ended up with um, lead acid AGM batteries, 224 amp hours, which is even less than the ones that were in there before. And they were still really expensive, $3,500. <laughs> and, um, the ones that were in there before were like uh, lead acid flooded, uh, 240 amp hours. Um, so, but I mean, with lead acid, you got to cut the amp hours in half because um, you can only use them like 50% of capacity before you start damaging them. 
So um, the way that my batteries are hooked up, there are six volts that are, they're, they're, they're hooked up in both serial and parallel. So they function as 12 volts and the amp hours are doubled. But that just doubles them, which you cut in half, brings it back down to 224. Um, you know, and that's plenty of power, but it's also not plenty of power, especially come winter time when the batteries may not get fully charged throughout the day, um, depending on what's, you know, how overcast it is or whatever. But um, I'm also just going to have to use them and see, but like habitually I'm going to have to start like unplugging things and um, there's just some things that I'm not going to want to use. And I mean, I, you know, I'm even not going to have the workspace because I have to get rid of the storage unit I got that I was going to use as a workspace that I was really excited to have. Um, I just, I can't, I can't afford it. Things cost so much that like, I just, I just can't. Um, and I had already gone through my stuff and gotten rid of so much stuff got rid of the non-necessities and I basically everything I kept. There's there's not very much like sentimentals. Uh, there's like two boxes of that. And then I have my graphic novels. And then I, everything else is like tools, kitchen, cosplay, art, crafts, etc. There's not, I don't have a lot of spare. I do have things like a washing machine I'm going to have to sell and some other stuff like that. And I have my desk and I'm not willing to get rid of my desk. That was like a huge investment after I sold my house and I will never be able to replace it. Like I financially, there are things that I bought that like, if I get rid of them, I won't ever be able to buy them again because I'm not ever gonna have the money again. Realistically, being disabled, it's it's just, you know, so like getting rid of those things is heavy and hard because it means I'm giving up something in my future. So, you know, the desk I'm hanging on to, my graphic novels I'm hanging on to, but what I'm hoping is that I can get like a five by five storage unit or whatever and put that stuff in there. And those are about like 70 to $100 a month, which is, is within my budget. Um, it's still not ideal, but it's way better than what I'm paying for the storage unit now. But it, it means that like a bunch of other stuff is going to have to go into a shed, which means I got to like put it in boxes that the stuff will be safer in, a, in the shed. Plus I need to get a shed and that's going to cost money too. So no matter which direction I look, things are going to keep costing me money. Like, like <laughs> just trying to get my housing figured out, you know, like, if I had just moved into another place, I would have been spending, you know, um, fifteen hundred to two thousand a month from my savings for for housing, um, and I just would have burned through my savings with nothing to show. 
I could have moved out of state, but then I would be moving away from my doctors, away from my care, pain specialists and management. And I have like rare conditions that are like hard to find like people to treat unless you go to like the big frou-frou places like Mayo. And um, so that would be bad. Plus I'd be very socially isolated and just my choices. I didn't have a lot of choices. So this getting the RV and having something like I could turn around and sell an RV, I would take a loss, but I would still get like, you know, I'd still get a pretty decent chunk of money from it, especially because of the roof and the solar. Um, so I feel like this is like the safest route when all said and done. Like I'm not super excited about it. I complain about it. I'm stressed out about it. But I also believe that it is, you know, one of the only like viable options that will potentially benefit me in the long run or short, short-term long run. I don't know, not super long run because I don't, I'm hoping I'm not in the RV for more than like five to eight years. But anything else, any other situation that might have benefited me would have required help and intervention from other people. And, um... I don't have that safety net in place. I am my safety net. So I would never even look for that. I would never expect it. And to be perfectly honest, if somebody did offer me something to help me with my housing situation, it would scare me because the last housing situation I was in was a situation where somebody offered me help. And it was like, not, not great. As a matter of fact, that's not even the first time that somebody's offered me help that they ended up presenting me. I, I got laid off from my job in 2005. And one of my friends who I rode motorcycles with was like, well, you can stay with us and don't worry about paying rent and yada, yada, yada. And then like month two, they're like, no, actually, we need you to pay rent. And then month five or six. So like, we need you to move out. And they were like super passive aggressive and wouldn't communicate with me about the problem. And were just really resentful of me, but like didn't ever give me a chance to, you know, anything. And I was like cleaning up after them. They were like really messy and I was like helping out and paying rent. And, you know, it just... The same thing happened this last time. Passive aggressiveness got me and like she could have talked to me. You know, I'm, I like to work with people. I would have wanted to know what was going on. I would have, she was my friend. I wanted, I would have wanted to know that something was stressing her out that involved me and tried to figure something out. Uh, honestly, I've just been really struggling emotionally with that. And I keep running into stuff. I keep having these these things go wrong in relation to the RV. And I get so angry at her because I'm in this situation because of what she did. You know, she's not responsible for every decision I've made since then, but I wouldn't have even needed to make those decisions if not for her behavior. And it just, I get fucked over so much and then there's no accountability. There's nothing. 
You know, like my last job destroyed me. It ruined my life. It ruined my health. And in theory, there was a lawsuit there, but I was too sick to do anything about it. There's just, you know, and by the time I had sort of like the energy or whatever, the company didn't even exist anymore. It had been acquired. Like I was so poorly treated at that job. And it literally ruined my life. You know, it's not like my life was perfect before I took the job, but uh, I wasn't disabled, that's for sure. And the stress from that job triggered, triggered my health issues. Plus just like the experience, even if, even if I hadn't gotten sick, I had trauma like from working there. Like I still have trauma things that come up from working there. Um, partially because I haven't really talked about it or really dealt with it. And there's no accountability. There's not even like an apology. Like in the situation, I had three different bosses and they would all dump the responsibility on one of the others. So then I never got a day off because it was always somebody else's fault that I wasn't getting the day off. I didn't get raises. I didn't get bonuses. It was always somebody else. And they'd be like, well, that person, you know, but everybody else in the company got those things. Just not me. And it was like I was in this blind spot where everybody relied on me, but nobody actually appreciated me enough to treat me well. And to be perfectly honest, when people do treat me well, it's really hard to trust it. I kind of feel like under threat because I've had too many experiences of people being nice to me and then turning around and lashing out. I mean... I had the trauma before I even moved out just because of how my mom was. Like, I was such a, like, inconvenience to her. And she would get so angry when she had to deal with things sometimes. And I would internalize that and feel so guilty. You know, like, if I had a cold or whatever, and she would, like, yell at me and be angry at me because, like, it was an inconvenience to her that I had a cold. Like, she would scream at me for for coughing when I had pneumonia, even though, like... It's not like I could stop. And like all of that just sort of turned into being afraid to take up space and being afraid to inconvenience people, you know? And then like I kept having like experiences where people are inconvenienced by me and resent me for it, even though they offered to begin with. And like, how do you... How do you navigate that to trust people when you keep having that experience? You know, like, even like my Patreon, I get really, like, nervous that people are going to get angry at me, even though they signed up for it and they can leave. It, you know, I still, like, it's so hard to trust. And, you know, like, it's a process. It's a process of, like, learning to disconnect and not take responsibility for other people's failures to communicate their needs after they've offered to do something. Because ultimately, that's what it, it, it comes down to. Somebody says, hey, I want to do some, this thing for you. And then they start to do it. And while they're doing it, they have needs. And they don't, they don't say, hey, uh, by the way, could you help me with this? Or could you be more considerate with this? Or you know, it would be really nice if you blah, blah, blah. They don't say any of that. They just, 
that you just keep doing for you and then become resentful. And that's, it's really, it's just not fair. You know, it's not, it's not fair to me that I experienced that. And it's not fair to them either because they're not, they're not getting their needs met either. But the fault is on them for not communicating. And putting ourselves out there and saying, hey, I need this. It's not easy, you know. It's not easy to trust other people. But it's just, if we don't, if we don't make the effort to trust other people and to put ourselves out there, then we just end up in these cycles where everybody keeps getting hurt and nobody's needs are getting met. Like you literally have to break the cycle, even if it means getting hurt sometimes, being disappointed by other people who don't communicate, you know, just to keep putting it out there until you connect with the right people. But it's, it's like, it's so, it's difficult. It's so much easier for me to just do things myself and figure it out myself, even if things end up not happening and I get frustrated because things aren't moving, than to like ask other people for help, you know? And I've really been making like an effort in the last couple of years to ask for help and to like try to keep myself in check. Because if people say no, I'm actually totally fine with that. I I don't get all like, oh, they said no. Oh, my feelings are hurt. No, no, no. It's when people say yes that I get nervous because I don't trust and I anticipate that they're going to resent me and get angry at me and you know like just making the effort like asking people to share my stuff on social media is hard for me but I've been doing it asking for help to like move some heavy stuff hard for me but I've been doing it and this is true for anybody in my life my son anybody like the more The more I know somebody, it gets a little bit easier once I've seen like their patterns of behavior and say I've never seen them act in a resentful manner towards other people or whatever. It can be a little bit easier, but it's still there. It's like this programming that's in me, you know? And it just makes me think like we're we're all constantly at some level relying on other people we're all vulnerable to other people, even if it's not emotionally. When you're on the road in a car, you are relying on the people around you to do the right thing and to pay attention and to not kill you, you know? And it's it's just kind of interesting because I think like sometimes people don't think about our reliance on other people or the fact that like, We have to trust strangers like all the time. It will be like, why don't trust anybody? Well, yeah, but you leave the house. You know, you have utilities coming to the house. You have to trust people for that. Like there's people touching everything, right? Um, And it's, it's degrees. Some things don't feel as scary as other things because it doesn't feel as intimate or as personal, but it it's all like, I can see the pattern, this interrelationship of, I don't know, connected, how we're connected to each other. Um, 
it's interesting. I'm not explaining it very well, but I'm going to think about it and maybe I'll talk about it more later. But I'm guessing for most of you, it, it makes sense even without more explanation. So yeah, you know, I've mentioned this before, but I wanted to do a podcast where I sounded super smart and I was super informative about like these different interesting things and studies I read and it hasn't been like that at all. It's been so personal, partially because like I've just been going through like really hard stuff and my brain goes there and I just, I really appreciate the outlet. Even if it's not what I planned, you know, even if it scares some people away because it's not really interesting, it, it just, having the outlet and being able to talk without like the pressure of worrying about somebody responding back with like a social script or toxic positivity, because you know, that gets really hard. It gets really hard having people tell me that everything will figure it itself out. No bitch, I will figure it out. I will be doing the work. And all you're doing is telling me that you're there to be a bystander. You're not helping me. It is not comforting. I already know that I'm going to be doing the work. You're you're not saying anything helpful, you know? And also, like, people do this with my health stuff, too. They talk about my health stuff like, like it's just going to get better. I am disabled. I am going to be having issues for the rest of my life. They are progressive. Are they not as bad as they were a couple years ago? Yes, but that's because I got a diagnosis and so I'm managing it, but they're progressive. So things will get worse. They might not get worse for a while and I'm going to keep working on the idea that I can make them even better so that they won't be as bad when they get worse. But I'm not ever going to be better. And when people imply that because they're trying to be supportive or whatever, it's hurtful. It's unsupportive. Don't do that to people that are disabled. Don't do that to people that have health issues, even if they're not disabled yet. Like, it's be realistic. You can be supportive and embrace reality at the same time. You know, like, yeah. Gosh. And I get sometimes that people just don't know what to say and social scripts are just so easy. They're just right there, you know? And most people are used to saying them and not even thinking about what they sound like or what they might actually mean or anything. But like, it's worth trying to find something real to say. And if you don't know what to say, say, I don't know what to say. Or say nothing. I would rather somebody say nothing and give me like a generic toxic positivity response because like yeah I just I would much rather that I I'll take an honest you know what I hear you but I don't know what to say I'll take that any day it's not going to hurt my feelings it'll be reassuring because I know that they heard me and that they care enough to be like I want to say something but I don't know what to say you know like yeah. Don't feel obligated to have the perfect thing to say. And if you have somebody in your life that expects you 
to say the perfect thing without telling you what that perfect thing is, without telling you what it is that they're looking for, that person is toxic and you probably don't need them in your life. You know, like, there's no reason why there can't be two-way communication around these types of things. Like, you know, like I mentioned, people communicating their needs. It's no different for that. Like, I tell people what I don't want to hear. I don't want solicited advice or unsolicited advice. I don't, you know, I don't want toxic positivity. If somebody's going to respond, I want to know that they heard me. And that's kind of it. I don't need answers. I don't need fixes. And I make it very clear. And so that way, if somebody cares enough about me that they want to treat me the way that I need to be treated and that I want to be treated, they have the tools, they have the information to do so. And when they choose not to do that, that tells me about them, right? That they're not a safe person. And... I really think that that level of communication is important and should exist in pretty much any given dynamic. Like the information that's shared might change. Like when you're at work, you're not going to like be telling them like your intimate needs for love communication, but you can still communicate like your needs for your work environment and how you prefer to be communicated with. But the issue, of course is that people have to be willing to listen and willing to hear and to take that information in and then act on it. Because there are a lot of people, and I would say this probably applies to a lot of neurotypical people, that want to treat everybody the way that they want to be treated instead of treating people the way that the other person wants to be treated. Like, you know, there's a stereotype about neurotypical people that they think everybody is like themselves. And I, I I don't think that that's true. I think that there's probably a lot of neurotypical people that are like that, but I'm sure there's plenty that have empathy and are capable of thinking beyond their own buttholes. Um, but like just having curiosity and just open mind enough to be able to be like other people aren't me. Other people's needs are not my needs. You know, it may be that sometimes you need the exact same thing and you can be like, dude, I'm the same way and you totally get each other. But that's not always going to be the case. So, but I feel like this is my opinion here, like everything else, um, that if you interact with somebody who cannot respect your needs, that they're telling you that they're not a good person for you, you know? And it can be really hard to accept that when you care about somebody or you like them or you see the good in them. You know, it can be really easy to look past the fact that they're not taking care of you in the way that you want. Like, they could still be doing things. And so you're like, well, but they're still, they're still like, you know, they're still doing things for me. It's just not the thing that I asked. Well, that's a problem. They're not listening to you. And like, we all deserve to be heard and listened to and, and respected for our preferences and our needs and our wants. And if somebody like say, can't do what we ask, then they can communicate that. They can be like, hey, 
I want to do this, but I can't. And at that point, your needs are being respected and you're being acknowledged. You're just, you know, being told no, which is, that's okay. People have reasons for that. It's, it's not about getting everything we want. But anyway, I am rambling. I just, in a weird state of mind, I've been having a hard time and just, I don't know, feel really isolated and alone in what I've been dealing with, you know, and that's okay. I'll get through it, but it doesn't feel great. It doesn't feel okay right now. Um, yeah, so like I said before, I do appreciate the outlet and for the people that take the time to listen, even when I'm just venting, you know, I appreciate that. It's my hope that that's not all that my podcast is going to be. I've, I have actually recorded a couple episodes that are going to come out that actually aren't that at all. And I can't wait to publish them in a couple of weeks. Um, but there's going to be a lot of this. There's probably going to be more. Unfortunately, I, I'm i planning on doing NaNoWriMo. And that's going to be a whole thing. So, and you guys will... You guys are going to be, be getting like the insider perspective on that. I have absolutely no doubt. But uh, I'm going to sign off now. And I really hope you have a good week. And I really hope this wasn't a bummer. Because, um, you know, not everything is going to be good. But I also don't want to make people feel bad. So take care of yourselves. Bye.